Welcome back, you friggin' nerds. Uh, and also friends and creeps and ghouls and goblins and all of the little critters in between. Uh, we're happy to be talking to you again. Happy that you pulled up a chair and a couple headphones and maybe a nice hot water beverage. Or tea? I'm more of a coffee guy myself. I'm kind of wishing that I had one right now. Uh, anyway, this is Cat Dead. Details later. I am Josh. Speaking with Cole. Sometimes I feel like I might be a speaking spell come to life. Uh, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about uh, this fucking rad movie called The Strangers from 2008. Written and directed by Brian Bertino. What do you think of this one, Cole? Oh man, I, I I love this movie. I think it's uh, top top shelf as far as home invasion goes. You know, I, I don't know you, you and I have talked about this one lots. It's... I've got I've got a got a strange history with it. I've I was really looking forward to it when it first got announced. I got super psyched. I got myself all jazzed up for this movie. Mm-hmm. It had a really cool thing, if I remember correctly, back in uh, the early days of the internet, uh, where you could actually go on the website and put in your friend's phone number, and it would like prank call them. You could just like set times, and it would. Whoa. I can't remember how it was advertising the movie. Maybe I'm embellishing it in my head. I know it had something cool on the website. Um, either way, though, when the film came out, I was initially extremely underwhelmed. Right. And it wasn't until I rewatched it years later that I was like, oh, damn, Like this movie is tight. I just wanted uh, a lesser quality product at that age, which I got later in the form of Strangers 2, Prey at yeah, Night. Yeah, uh, that's, exactly. that's, that's the film I was picturing in my head. Yeah. And I actually still like that movie as well, but uh, th- this one's... Uh, it, it's something that I didn't know I wanted. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I... In my memory, I thought that it was a dumb movie and that it had no... Like, there was nothing of value to it. That it was just, like, super boring and nothing cool really happened and then i watched it like you said years later like probably six or seven years later and it blew my mind and in fact every subsequent time subsequent whatever every time after every i fully just pictured a portal forming behind you (laughs) of future josh coming through you're like, oh, well, if it isn't the old version of me that didn't care if it was subsequent or subsequent, I'll tell you something, Josh, I'm here from two years down the future, and you do care. You care a lot. You listen back to that episode, and you hate yourself for it. Oh, too true. I'm going to listen back to this in next week and feel, well, no, in a, anyway. What I'm trying to say is that every single time that I watch this, it gets scarier. And I don't know if it's a case of becoming older and not being not feeling that invincible feeling that you feel as a teenager but like it, 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 uh, i get it gets it's just so much more frightening and and so much more realistic and uh every time i see it it, it just delivers more a lot of uh, horror films they do get scarier when you're older because yeah they, you definitely feel more invincible as a teenager for one thing I think a bit of it has to do with the fact that you start hearing you 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 pay attention to the news in some yeah. uh, 
way, shape, or form and realize that, you know, these wacky stories aren't uh, as wacky as you might think. Yeah, I mean, I grew uh, up watching, like, Cold Case Files and American Justice, but, like, in 2008, there weren't 2,000 horror podcasts, or, um, true crime podcasts. So, like, I, did, I didn't just listen to this shit all day, every day, and know what people are capable of. <laughs> you, you, this could very well be a documentary, which is actually how it kind of sets itself up at the start. It shows you a little bit of appeal in the uh, condo living kind of lifestyle. Like, hey, come on, man, let us up there. Oh. Yeah. Nope, top floor. Got to I mean, unless you got a killer on the same floor in the condo, I suppose. It seems a little bit more secure up there. Yeah, I don't know. I lived in a condo and I felt like my doors were pretty fucking solid. A little <laughs> too solid. Like if a fire started in there and I, you know, wasn't really aware until too late, then I probably burned it that. But Yeah, I guess if you're scared of fire, if that's your thing, then that's probably the worst place to... <laughs> I mean, at least my condo was first floor, which actually, now that I think about it, is kind of the scariest place to be because you're not 100 percent. That, 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 okay, so that is my my terms of i've always told myself <laughs> if i do decide to uh, go into a condo at any point in time opposed to a house i refuse i refuse to go ground floor like that is basically none of the strengths of a condo at all the way stupid house that's attached to more houses on top of yours. no it was so dope because like my spot was right in front of my uh, my door basically so I could just get out of my car and get into the house but this also like two months after I moved out they finally built like a little gate area around it people couldn't just use it as a thoroughfare because like shit was going down there like I, man it'd be like late at night and I didn't really have many curtains I had like these kind of sheer things so I could be like laying in my bed and see the shape of people walking outside my window <laughs> and like, now that I'm looking back on it that's actually way scarier than than I remember it being no kidding. most of the time back then I was just stoned all the time and yeah if if I'm in a condo I, I definitely want upsies second or third floor because third floor technically you could probably jump and like maybe break your ankles or something but you probably still get away second floor second floor is primo because you can't just jump a second floor from the ground floor but you can all you can escape out of the second floor pretty easy oh for sure yeah nice nice easy drop down the home involved in our film of the day uh doesn't have a second floor not to make light of anyone's misfortune here but the first scene uh, aside from the opening little it's got this little like I, I don't know what you want to call it text yeah I don't, on screen. I don't know how you call those text narrative narrative intros i don't know the term for those but it's got that guy from all of the horror movies i my you can do it i can't do it i've got this soft <laughs> little voice i can't do those things oh now i'm nervous like because <laughs> this movie is pretty scary i don't think that this is the same guy i'm pretty sure um yeah, they've got like the little text, uh, you know, saying however many violent acts occur well, in the U.S. Saying that this is based on a true story. Ah, yes. But yeah, we 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 get a couple in a car. Uh, Liv Tyler has tears <laughs> uh, streaming down her face, she and the first happy. thing that I thought about was like, "Oh yeah, baby, this guy is sleeping on the couch tonight." And he actually, like, when they get to the house, he's like, okay, like, I'll, 
I'll sleep on the couch. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, called it. Um, th- th- this is such like a an interesting introduction to these characters because like it co- clearly they're having a bad night. So there's a lot of unspoken tension. You kind of figure that they're having some sort of breakup. But I do like that we don't see like a full, like they're not necessarily arguing mm-hmm. or expressing a lot of hate for each other. Well, that kind of makes it more real and like way more sad. It definitely makes it a lot. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I, I would agree that it makes it more sad in a way. It, it, it's just, I think it was very refreshing to see mm-hmm. in a film where you're like, this is, you, you still feel like these characters are going to be able to like have on screen communication without it seeming forced or like a quick wacky turnaround to fit the narrative and neither of them are the bad guy either this isn't gonna work out and one of us really wants it to way more than the other and it just is really it's just watching like the natural ending of a relationship and i know a lot about relationships and to me like that seems like a very real thing (laughs) (laughs) it is also just really sad watching this guy like quietly try to deal with things without like making a scene yeah and he's like okay like you know there's all these rose petals and everything laid around everything is done up beautifully there are candles oh yeah he really went all the way like as far as proposals go like he really is ready to nail it oh yeah yeah he's been like he's been he's been writing down ideas for a few weeks and it's like okay i'm gonna uh, sleep on the couch and uh well, I'll leave you to it and just like yeah. grab a bottle of alcohol, yeah. cracks open the Ben and Jerry's, or like you know what? I guess, I'm, I guess I should not drop a name brand. I'm not getting paid to. He 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 dives into some ice cream. Oh, I didn't tell you we've we got the Ben and Jerry's contract. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> <laughs> Things are turning around. <laughs> They're paying us five bucks a pop, baby. <laughs> Yo, I would take that B and J money. Oh, are you kidding? I would do it for a tub of Ben and Jerry's. Fuck yeah. Listen, if anyone out there has a product that I enjoy, I, I will happily advertise your product for one of whatever it is. That, oh, yeah. Uh, a, a can of Dr. Pepper will get you a lot of airtime. Bag of rice. Watching the- oh, we should, find, we should find a rice a rice farm. A rice farm. <laughs> Name brand is not a factor. Actually, hmm. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I... Rice is rice. I mean, that's a dumb thing. Like, uh... I don't know not, how. Not according to my one quarter Chinese roommate. He is very particular about his rice. He's pointed some things out to me that I've really taken to heart. If you had someone over for dinner and they're like, oh, yeah, like love rice, eat it all the time. And like, you serve them something like, this looks beautiful, Josh. And they take a bite and just like, duh, duh. <laughs> I can't eat this. What the, what the hell are you trying to do, man? I'm like, I'm sorry, what's wrong? Like, this rice, it's just. <laughs> Never in my life. <laughs> oh goddamn, we're we're really starting to uh, get into some <laughs> dangerous waters with the amount of the amount of trimming that we need to do on these things to get any sort of airtime discussing the actual film. Oh, are you cutting out the rice? I'm keeping the rice in. I'm just saying, I guarantee we're going to have like 50% food talk in this one. Yeah, like... I mean, I think that that's what the, the people come for the movie and they stay for the rice. <laughs> Not the rice that you're cooking up. Okay, anyways. Uh, they, ooh, yeah. 
everybody's sad and then uh they start they start a quick little i think it's like a goodbye bang is that kind of the the vibe i'm getting there smash smash and dash um... it was a goodbye smash oh nice yeah then we got a knock on the door yeah wow whoa way to kill the mood um it's amazing how yeah. like okay i like being home alone and i don't like to be interrupted even if i'm doing literally nothing the fact that somebody has the audacity to knock on my fucking door without first like calling me two weeks in advance to let me know they're coming by that's a no so just i mean you're in the middle of that and then you get the, just the knock itself is unnerving but the type of knock that they used was especially unnerving and i think it also like cut the music that was happening at the time so it's just it was perfectly edited to to maximum effect the initial reaction of like hey hey isn't it like four in the morning and they are so polite they are so polite they open the door this one's like yo is tamra home what the hell is wrong with you four in the morning if you didn't if you didn't know for certain that tamra was home regardless of thinking that she lives here it's like yo man i just want to see if tamra want to hang out yeah well i'm tamra's mom and guess what i am so goddamn pissed crawl out the window like a regular teenager <laughs> again the older i get the more scary that young woman becomes yeah uh, tamra's no you have the wrong house and she's like are you sure <laughs> yeah, dude, there's like two of us i mean i if tamra's home i'm horrified because i was unaware of it <laughs> yeah like i i would be it, it's definitely like this is a this is a mood killer yeah because i mean you know there, 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 there's some situations where like all right back to business there darling <laughs> <laughs> in, in this instance even if their um, relationship had been going swimmingly and like, you know, he had proposed and she's like, oh, yes, James, I can't wait to be wed. It's not happening tonight. Yeah. Or at least <laughs> like, yeah, that's the next day. So, like, you'll go to bed and then back into the ice cream, I guess. I'll grab another <laughs> Was there a light? Uh, was there a porch light or was that not working? I can't remember if he tried like flicking it on and it just didn't work. Yeah, he tries flicking it on and once she leaves, he... <clears throat> uh turns the bulb and it turns out that it was loosened oh right because her like her face is obscured and i guess if somebody showed up at your door and you couldn't really tell who it was i probably wouldn't like lean in to try and see what their face looked like Ugh. just that alone is such a simple way to build wonderful suspense early on mm -hmm. we get a pretty good shot to kind of set up the fact that this house is very isolated. Yeah, there, there's no one to hear you scream. This is uh, this is another one on the long list of horror houses in which I'd like to live. Oh, oh, one hundred percent. Like this is this is a forever home in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's so much room for a studio. You've got that like shed barn in the backyard where you can like pretend to be a man. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go go and saw some stuff and get my hammer. I'm bale some hay. If you need me, honey, I'll be using the tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just really like the whole. It's super cozy and like it's 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 spacious. The fireplace is lovely. It's great, and I I'm a big fan of bungalows. I think my my only gripe with it is the fact that it is 
so isolated. And I love I love my privacy. I love my space. I'm super down with a house, like, you know, being off in a ways a little bit. I would like to be able to see another home. No, you know what? I think that's just the angles that we were getting. Because you know, like, those Mormon kids, when they're biking around, they're not going to be, like... They're not going to be biking just in the middle of the woods. I've made friends with several Mormons over the years <laughs> and invited them into my home for months at a time, and it was totally fine. Uh, but I, like they're sticking to rather urban areas. So I imagine it's able to give you the, the notion of seclusion, but I think that there are other houses around somewhere. Well, I, I was getting kind of a, a your next vibe. Where like you, you could in theory yeah. walk to your neighbors, right? But it's might be five it's minutes a walk. down the road, yeah. Uh, so they are obviously, and w it's totally warranted them being as unnerved as they are. Scott Speedman tells Liv Tyler that he'll go get her some smokes. After that occurrence, I mean, I, I kind of thought that would be a yeah, I'll go with you scenario. Yeah, I think they're still probably dealing with the the whole like marriage rejection kind of thing. You're not assuming that a young woman is there with the intent of with the intent of like killing you. You just think maybe she's lost and drunk. It's four in the morning. Although, if it is as isolated as we're positing, what is a random person doing out in the woods at four a.m.? Nobody's thinking clearly. That settles that. But she is freaked out. Nothing, nothing. Well, he makes a fire for her. Yes, he does. And that would be very calming. As would throwing on... Okay, if I'm in a secluded home alone in the in, at 4 a.m. when a stranger's knocked on the door in a creepy fashion, I'm probably not throwing Joanna Newsom on the fucking record player. Like, she's, she's wonderful, she's a very talented woman, and I really like her music, but it's not not creepy. Yeah. Yo, Josh, I got a new Tiny Tim album. You want to come over and look for that? <laughs> Sounds good. Do AM work for you? You know it. <laughs> yeah. Funny at 3 p.m., not so funny at 3 a.m. Yeah. As soon as James is out of the house, though, things really uh, crank up to 11 in a hurry. This scene is stressful as hell. Oh, with the um, the flue is closed in the in the of the chimney in the fireplace, right? So uh, all of a sudden, a bunch of smoke starts billowing out. Smoke starts billowing out. The record is just being generally creepy. Yeah. You get more pain at the door. Oh god! Everything's just constantly like, like this is just a segment where it's just building and building and building, uh, and then eventually she, after hearing the knocking multiple times, gets a glimpse of one of these people outside. Right. Trips over all these chairs. Wait, is that when she's in the bedroom and like looks out the window? Well, this is just before it, I think. Okay. Right, she's maybe, maybe moving outside. Yeah, and because I, I, I know she ends up in that one bedroom after she sees someone, and like that's where she's kind of trying to hide. Right. Like the record starts skipping and repeating. Oh God. I I think just visually the creepiest scene is where Liv Tyler. She, I think she, she. Oh wait, right. Okay, so she phones James, and she gets changed into her like I, I potentially might need to kick someone's ass clothes. Yeah, fuck yeah. And she's just standing in the kitchen, and you see the the masked man just looming from the darkness. So you and, know and he, somebody. You don't at this point. You had no idea anyone's in the house. Yeah, like and like that. That's the real like. 
that that that, that sense of invasion mm-hmm. where you're like oh man like and and just standing there just watching and it's and it's, it's it's a good solid amount of time it's not one of those like weird uh horror movie scenes where someone looms in only to immediately loom out yeah. where you almost uh, as like a, a team member i feel like that would go on their their review like hey um you know if you're going to be looming in the darkness no need to to put your face out there for to <laughs> like you know get a Get a little bit of good creep in there, if, if at all. Uh, and if not, it's perfectly fine if you just want to stay hidden. And But I, I like that this is a good, good solid scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, I'm going to go off on just another little tangent here. <clears throat> I recall, I believe it was one of my... I've, I have quite a few extended cousins. Like, the cousins aren't extended in some fashion. They're just like second and third and fourth cousins. Some of them were kind of tall, but anyway, they were all over for, I think it was somebody's birthday or maybe it was a wedding. Uh, this is a couple of years ago in uh, Port Coquitlam. And I don't recall if I've told you this story yet, but they'd all been, our family likes to drink typically. And so everybody had been partying. Um, everybody went uh, like to sleep or whatever around like. 11 or 12 or maybe 2, whatever. Um, My one cousin, Steph, wakes up and she's staying in a room with, I think, one or two other people. And uh, she looks up and sees somebody, like, either standing in or walking around in her room. And she's like, our our other cousin, Richard, she's like, Richard, what are you doing? Go back to bed. And then... um, he doesn't say anything and then uh either walks i think then walks out of the room and then somebody had gotten up to use the washroom like from one of the other adjoining rooms and sees this person who is not my cousin richard and is not any of my other cousins either it's just somebody who's broken into the house and they chase him out of there and then it turns out like i mean i don't know if he was ever caught but there had been like several break-ins in like the surrounding area in the preceding months um and i think that they were like i don't remember if this was like a like an assaulter or a robber or a combination of both but just like just knowing that like that shit happens and like luckily in this case the only thing that was broken or injured was somebody's sense of security no one actually got like physically hurt but like that shit is terrifying what are you doing? Get out of here. <laughs> hey, smart enough. All right, buddy. Guess what? You're done. Yeah. You're done. All right. Get out of here. Uh, yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> that would wake you up in such a hurry. Yeah. Assuming that you're like remotely sober. I <laughs> I don't know. I remember. Don't time. break into my house till I've had my coffee. Am I right? <laughs> well, hey man, sometimes you just really want to sleep. Like the time I thought that my room was haunted and I forced myself to go to sleep. Like, well, I guess you got the um, the old blanket rule. You can just <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> the literal blanket rule. Yeah. yeah. The the, the robber is just running around the bed frantically. Like, oh, there's gonna be a exposed. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Very frustrating. I would. I think I, I could I could go for a, a horror comedy type film where the initial setup is like this, but then we we do go into more of a Home Alone type film. Oh yeah, because I mean, really, this that's 
kind of what this is, like growing up home alone. Actually, no, that's what your next is. There continues to build, like, knocking and stuff like that, right? I don't know, I did kerfuffle, and she sees the people at the window, and the knocking continues, and she's freaking out. And then good old James gets home, and uh, she's freaking out, and tells him that there's people there, and they try and call the police, I think, and that doesn't really work. Well, yeah, her her phone is in the fireplace. I, I think that she is just under the impression that they stole it. But then they get distracted, I think, by another knock at the door or someone trying to get in. Essentially, where I'm going is that James' phone also gets busted. Yeah, like shit ramps up pretty quickly, which I guess you'd kind of have to do at 4 a.m. Like, if you're going to be, if you're going to spend a bunch of time, like, freaking people out before killing them, like, you still probably want to get it done kind of before it gets too late in the day. Oh, yeah, don't, don't drag your feet. I feel like they, uh, they, they like forgot about daylight savings or something. Like, oh god damn it, guys! I told you to adjust your watch. This I'm gonna lose a whole hour of daylight now. This is... I also just a little side step here, kind of moving to the future. I fully forgot that I cannot remember his name right now. Um, Glenn Howerton. Glenn Howerton. I 100% saw this movie before I ever saw Always Sunny or any other project that he's been attached to. Yeah, so. Same. A nice treat. This is a very, very small role, and I like that he he was able to build a good amount of character in next to no screen time. Also, uh, I feel so bad because he's like being the ultimate dude by like because because at this point like Scott Speedman's called him to pick him up. Like the proposal didn't go well. I need you to pick me up in the morning. Like. Please just come and get me as soon as you can because I'm fucking embarrassed and sad and I need to be out of here. So he's like, fuck it, man. I'm coming tonight. I got you. So it's like a half hour after he makes the call. Maybe maybe an hour. It's he He's there very prompt. I also like the, uh, the Scooby-Doo type scene of the masked man tiptoeing behind him with the axe when oh, he gets yeah. into the house. I just feel like this scene is kind of Maybe I viewed it wrong, but I feel like it could have dramatically changed the outcome of the film. Because there's a good chance, uh, if history is any indication, that the killers knew exactly where these people are in the house. Mm-hmm. But by the off chance that they didn't, uh, this guy is following Glenn with the axe, all like very sneaky like. And had James not blasted his buddy's face off, <laughs> you know, like another second or two, and like a killer could have been in sight. I mean, I guess it would have been kind of ruined because if he had not gotten shot, then uh, insinuated that there are people there. But I'd be like, hey, I'm here. It's Dave, I think his name is. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the other Dave. Yeah, you sure it's not something with a T? Uh, it's very sad. Yeah, oh, dude. Okay. Like, again, R- Mike's whole trajectory in that one or two minutes that he's on screen... He's so fucking sad because, again, he's there to be the good dude. And then mistakes are made and his face gets blasted off. And now Scott Speedman has to deal with the fact that he just murdered his best friend. In self-defense, kind of, of course. Like, he didn't murder him, but, like, he is responsible for the guy's death. We, 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 we cannot be sure that he wasn't here to murder us. At that point, when you've been freaked out that much and people are trying to kill you... Uh, you might assume that he's in on it. Maybe that's why he didn't answer the phone when you called him before. Or wait, did he answer the phone? I assumed that Scott left a message. 
the only thing left is really like you find out that your dog got hit by a car or something or you lost your job it's like yeah yeah, okay you propose you're turned down killers break into the house you kill your best friend you realize that the ice cream that you left out is now soup (laughs) and then you Owns you at four thirty. James, you're fired. <laughs> oh, no. And guess what? I just ran over your dog. Uh, now, you put the ice cream soup on that list. I gotta be honest. I'm a big fan of ice cream soup. I don't know if you can tell by looking at me, but I've I've had a couple of bowls of ice cream soup in my day. I think it's the the, the, the full tub. It's like like actual soups. You know, you can freeze it and then you, you take out the amount that you need. Right. And let it thaw. <laughs> you, well, you, don't, you don't want it to melt such that it begins to overflow the container in which it sits. You get a sticky mess that is honestly so hard to clean up. It just like everywhere, every time you turn around, it's like, I thought I wiped this down already. And you have, you did. You wiped it down like five times, but it's still sticky. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a uh, super no, you still want like the gazpacho approach. <laughs> so Mike's dead. And it's actually really the killers to like let them mourn a little bit. Sure, yeah. I, I have a feeling that they were probably enjoying it. Well, yeah, if they're there to kind of, like, torture somebody psychologically before murdering them, like, it's kind of, there's not a lot more you can do to psychologically torment somebody than have them blow their own friend's face off. Look at that, gang. That's what we call in the business a freebie. <laughs> I Yeah, like, this this whole little, I guess you'd call this the middle segment to me is kind of where I'm, things get a little bit messy in my mind. I know that they end up outside. I think that their approach is to get to the truck. Yeah, and they do, I think they do get to it, and then, you know what, I think we actually already had this scene previous to Mike getting there, because when Mike arrives, he sees Scott Speedman's truck already, or vehicle, like, already smashed to bits, so they had already tried to escape, and then there was one of the killers in a truck that, like, flashes on its lights and then drives at them and, like, smashes into the car a bunch. Uh, there's a point where they get separated outside because yeah. James isn't really brought back into the house until the finale. Yeah, he goes to, uh, I think he's heading out to the barn or something to pretend to work with some tools. And then he tries to shoot um, the pinup girl. I think he misses and then gets clonked on the head by uh, Sackman. Yeah, I don't remember that being so early on in the film. Like, I know it's not necessarily early on. I just think that there's like more than half an hour left uh, where we, we get mostly just Liv Tyler from here on out. Yeah. Actually, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I know that there's the timestamp was messing me around. I, I think that there's like 15 minutes worth of credits in this film. <laughs> holy shit, really? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's like 10 or 15 minutes where I was like, oh, holy smokes. There's That's pretty insane on a budget of nine million. Which makes this a rather short film. Yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm going to take a quick look and see the runtime. Credits included, it's of a hour 25. No fucking way. What did you say? 125? Hour 25 and 9 seconds. Yeah, you're right. That was a theatrical. There's an unrated one that is 6 minutes longer. Ooh la la. Suck on that, time boy. That's a really good, I didn't know that there were 15 minutes of credits. Is it? Clarify that there's 15 no. minutes of credits? No, I'm just no. going by what you said, but if that's the case, that means the, the movie's only an hour and 10 minutes long, which doesn't seem right. 
credit was given where credit was due. I will also say that, like, this movie has no... It's bare bones in a really good way. Yeah, this is what I want from a home invasion. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing that's so scary is the fact that... Well, I guess we'll get to that when we get to the end, but it's, like, just the randomness of it. And that's, like, what makes actual murder insane and terrifying. Because, like, sometimes shit just happens... And you just happen to be around. If yeah, like this this film did anything to make its mark on the horror map, it is just that whole like uh, I'm not even sure if you'd call it a twist, but just the acknowledgement of these killers like have no mm-hmm. preconceived reason to hunt these people specifically. Well, there was I was reading a lot of reviews today because um, it's like. I know that a good rule of thumb, I don't know if we've talked about this really yet on the podcast, I know that you and I have talked about it extensively, but a good rule of thumb for me is if I look at a a horror film that has a rating of around 60% or higher, I'm probably going to like it, because horror films are typically rated a lot lower than like a standard drama or comedy or whatever, because the people reviewing those films, like a Roger Ebert or whatever, aren't... They're not reviewing it on its, like, horror merit. It's more of, like, it as a film film, right? And, mm-hmm. like, there is... I mean, maybe you shouldn't... Maybe you shouldn't have to... Qual- maybe you sh- maybe it's kind of, like, weak to qualify it, like, saying it's a horror thing, but I don't know. There are things that make a horror movie great that you wouldn't want to see in another film. In any case, this film has, like, 48 or 43% on Rotten Tomatoes and, like... Uh, a sub 50 um, rating pretty much everywhere else and for me I find it to be like you were saying a perfect home invasion movie damn I I fully would have guessed that this actually had some banger reviews out there yeah especially because I didn't like it and then my mind was changed and again every time I've seen it since it's gotten better in my mind so like I don't know it it is surprising to me it could have a little bit to do with multiple viewings and maybe just kind of going into it and knowing what you're getting into. Because I really always kind of chalked it up to an age thing, mm-hmm. which is I think that I first saw this film when I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was really like, like the, the, the film that I thought that this was going to be was what the sequel was, mm-hmm. right? Where I thought it'd be like a little bit more uh, action and like fast paced. Yeah, more of like a slasher movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of a traditional, like, I was getting ready to, like, have my popcorn mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like, the, the, the soda. The, the the theater feeling within the comfort of your own living room. And this is more of a slow burn. And it's it's definitely, it takes itself uh, more seriously. There's not a lot of flashing lights and uh, mm-hmm. cool 80s songs. Don't get me wrong. I actually really enjoyed the sequel. Um, I just think that they're almost not really uh, comparable films in a weird way. Exactly. No, I totally agree. And, uh, yeah, I love how sparse this film is. And I do love, again, you get that emotional um, introduction that swiftly, like, it starts building one kind of tension. And then the invasion of the of the interlopers starts building a totally different kind of tension that overwhelms the initial tension. And then it just keeps building until the climax. And... Uh, yeah, finding that like small runtime is, I guess I'm not really surprised, but I kind of felt it feels longer than it is, in a good way. A couple more things happen, like 
Liv Tyler gets back in the house. She's hiding in a closet while there's people walking around. And then eventually she gets found. And just, like, the tension of that scene, like... We've seen that a million times in a ton of different types of horror movies where there's someone in a closet trying to hide from a thing and they can see out of the closet and the thing passes by them a couple times and then the door opens and you scream and it's scary and like that would be totally terrifying when you think like you might be able to survive and anyway you get gone. The screen fades to black, reopens with Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman uh, tied to chairs beside each other. And we get this slight dialogue. At this point, it's daylight. Uh, there's light coming in through the living room window. We get this shot from behind the killers where they take their masks off. And I love this scene. Because immediately you know, as soon as they take the masks off, it's like, oh, there's no way these people are surviving. Because the, they're not going to reveal themselves if like and let these people go. Uh, but we do get this uh, this little quick dialogue with... Uh, Liv Tyler, and she's like, why are you doing this? And uh, I think the one who was asking after Tamra is like, because you were home. Again, the older I get, the more that is terrifying to me. Just like, knowing that there's evil out there and some people are just looking to cause destruction. There, There's nothing you could have done because you're just in the wrong place. This this is something where I can, I can imagine myself watching this movie at like the age of 13 or something. You're out of bed when you shouldn't be. You've got the TV on. And that that final line, you're just like, oh, I gotta go run downstairs and check all the doors now. Like Totally. You're definitely doing the uh, check all the nooks and crannies for a serial killer routine. <laughs> yeah, I really gotta start doing that more often. I, I, I hope that your unusual approach to being scared and just sleeping through it anyways saves your life one day. The serial killer is like at a bar and he's just, you know, he's, he's smoking. And his buddy's smoking and there's just smoke everywhere and he's like this guy's just he's doing that thing where he's he's holding his forehead with the two fingers that is that the cigarette's holding so i was like man like what happened i thought you were good for this you know this was that was supposed to be your big night and it's like yeah i'm sitting there buddy and i'm looking at this kid and he's just cozy up he gets in the bed and he's just and i look at him i look at him and i say from the closet can you hear me and he just goes to sleep. Anyway, I was horrified. I got the hell out of there, man. Not, no fear. And then you've got some killer just like bolting out of your house. Like he doesn't even look back and then he's three blocks down. Like you're just sitting there in bed. You never know. Yeah, I hope that does happen one day rather than me just getting stabbed like the natural stabbing the pillows in the fellowship of the ring okay so i i i've i've fully forgotten where we were oh. in the film I, I know that we were talking about the whole they're getting killed essentially just slowly with yeah i think i think scott speed just gets like slowly stabbed in the chest or the stomach and it just looks very painful you get this little emotional thing between them because obviously they have their unresolved issues and now they've realized that like that's it like we are i mean at least we're together at the end after the killing, our killing friends exit the house, hop in the truck, go for a drive. We see the Mormon, they pass the Mormon boys that we see at the beginning. They're riding down the road on their bikes. And you almost think like, oh, these depraved killers, they'll probably just run these people over. But instead, they kind of stop and uh, the younger <clears throat> of the killers is, uh, I think she asks for one of their pamphlets or something. 
And then uh, the kid asks her if she's a sinner. And she says, sometimes. <laughs> which is a nice wink and a nod to the to the audience who just saw them murder two people. Uh, and then I think one of them says, uh, one of the older killer people says, uh, it'll be easier next time. Just to believe that this was her first, her first one. And so how was it first night? I mean... I guess that's a question that if you don't want to get killed yourself, you can only really answer one way. Because if you you can't bust up, you know, after after doing it, not for me. Yeah, no, you're kind of locked in at this point. And our Mormon friends uh, happen upon the happen upon the murder scene, and they're kind of walking through the house for some reason. And one of the boys sees Liv Tyler laying on the ground. It goes to reach out, and she wakes up and screams, which is. It's nice that she's not totally dead yet. Oh, I, th- th- this is a, for myself, this is a final scare that I could, I, I'm putting it in like the take it or leave it pile. Mm-hmm. It's It didn't take anything away from the film. It definitely didn't add anything to it for me. Totally. It just, yeah, it's, 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 it's a good enough way to close out the film. Yeah, I like the movie a lot. I totally understand where the criticisms come from. And while I don't really agree that they're negative things, there isn't a ton of character development or really a lot of like wild writing, but I think it's just like a perfectly executed exploration of a very real thing and it's done very effectively. Um, so I give it a, uh, I give it an 83. Damn. Nice. Nice. I think, I think the number I'm sitting at is 79. You want a home invasion film? This is a uh, definitely a top pick. We would love to hear your thoughts on this film. I'm sure you have some. If you feel so inclined to shoot us a message. Also, by the way, okay, so we, 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 have, we have yet to receive an email, which means that if you, were, if, if you were to hypothetically send us one with a film recommendation, we will watch it. Isn't that, isn't that nice? Oh, wow, that would be fun. Damn. Okay, cool. I'm sold. I'm sold. A little bit of information because now I, I'm sure you're dying to know. cddlpod at gmail.com. Shoot us a message or cddlpod on Instagram. Both are perfectly fine. Whatever works for you. Uh, you know, really, though, I, I could use some film recommendations. It's uh, We're working our way down a very long list. You know, th- throw a curveball in there. Try to, try to think of something that we haven't seen or haven't heard about. In the meantime, have a great night.